in the AM, a Thursday morning broadcast, and um, the long-awaited encounter with uh, Nisim Black, the incredible Orthodox Jewish rapper, is set to begin. He has walked into our studio. He has uh, been delayed by the snowstorm in the New York area, as you can imagine, and it is a pleasure to welcome him here, Nisim Shalom, shalom. Welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're going to Facebook Live in a minute or two, folks. You'll have an opportunity to see this conversation with me and Nisim uh, coming up in just a minute or two. I I probably have an obligation to stand for you. You know, there are rabbinic authorities that claim (laughs) that one has an obligation to stand for someone who has, you know, uh, returned from, uh, you know, from non-traditional roots to traditional roots. You, from completely different roots than, than we're used to, who now is in... A proud Orthodox Jew, I probably have an obligation to give you, you know, e- even more respect than you deserve. How oh, do you like wow. that? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Uh, <laughs> no. Make me feel funny, at least. I, d- I don't turn I'm too dark to turn red, but I'll turn purple, at least, maybe. Um, no, it's, it's interesting. I thought you were going to say because uh, music is, is defined in Hasidus. Okay, they say that it, it, it relates to Malchut. They said David Melech and Malchus and music. So Royalty, I thought maybe. Kingdom. You were going right. to stand oh, up point. for me. Yeah, nice you know, Bart, I like that. I was thinking uh, along those lines. How, o- how old were you when you first became familiar with the term Malchus or Hasidus? Uh, probably 23, 20, 22. It's pretty amazing. You, you, you've no. got the language down pat. No, really? I yeah. It sounds good. After a while, you, you sit in a certain place uh, around a certain uh, group of people. You listen to a lot of shiurim, you know, you know, and then you sort of pick it up. It wasn't... Uh, didn't plan on it because I was reading about. <coughs> excuse me, I was reading about your background. Uh-huh. Uh, your background uh, was one where um, you 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 actually handled uh, what we would call, I guess, uh, you know, serious weapons as a young child, <laughs> right? Uh, you, you you held a gun long before I did when right. I when I made believe I was you know doing shmirah in Israel. Right, right, right. Um, you, you are certainly very familiar with the drug community, if this, right. right, the drug right. drug atmosphere right. Right. Uh, growing up. Right. And somewhere along the way, uh, something happened, I assume, right. Right. No that just it. directed you away from what your, your prior belief system and existence into this world of Orthodox Judaism. Right. What was it? I think, the, see, the first thing... You know, you can say that something drastic happened, right? That's the first thing you can say. Something right. drastic happened, and it did, no doubt about it. But I think nothing like that happens without waking, waking up uh, in an akuda already that's already inside a person. There's something inside the person, and in retrospect, I can look back and say, I had that in me the, the whole entire time. I was always different. I always felt different as a kid, and I always was looking for something. I was always a deep thinker. I also I always felt out of place and in place at the same time. So what what later on that, that spun the events was a was in the rap world everybody was going back and forth, you know, that type of thing. And so uh, there was a local guy who decided he would do the same thing with me. He make a song about me and uh, I consulted with my chevra, said, What do we do about it? They decided that we just go beat the guy up, and uh, after that, he won't make any more songs. That was the way to handle things. <laughs> that was the way to handle things. That was the things. method in those That was days. the method, you know. <laughs> Everybody else, you know, they go back and forth. So we ended up getting to a brawl in a nightclub. We ended up finding this guy. And a friend of mine, he tried to go afterwards. And I had no idea. I just got a call later on, and they said, the police are looking for you. I said, what are they looking for me for? They said, you had a gun, uh-huh. and you were shooting in the nightclub. And uh, and I'm now panicking, and I'm in fear. So I later on found out, anyway. It was a good friend of mine, and uh, because he loved me so much, he decided that he would try to go up and take the other guy's life. 
Now, after that, you can only imagine in the streets what that looks like. Everybody knew that the guy was connected to me. And so it looked like I sent him. Like, you know, that was my thing. And he was so, your shliach. Yeah, he was my shliach. <laughs> <laughs> sent him on shlichut. And so after that, it, uh, it, it, it turned all their attention towards me. And it was either I go and take these guys out or they take me out. Now, that is why I'm saying because what came out of that as soon as I realized that this was my situation, that either I was going to have to take someone else's life or my life was going to be, I started praying. I became religious all of a sudden. I started crying out because I didn't want that, that type of life. And maybe on day three, I got a call from the other guy. And he was like, you know, what's going on? He wanted to know the situation. I was able to squash the beef. He didn't understand how much divine providence it is. Nobody ever calls and says, uh, you know, hey, I was just wondering, uh, are you looking to kill me maybe you know you don't get that call in the streets to shoot first ask, ask questions, questions last later, right you know so and it's uh it was a, it was an amazing so after i was able to squash it i had to make the cheshbon what do i do do i continue in that same type of uh path or do i do something different and so when i decided to do something different i just continued praying and it stumbled up on a lot of things now i grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. I didn't know anything about Judaism. When you say Jewish neighborhood, you mean close to one, right? In and close. So it was all inside. I was inside the Eruv. You know? Really? Yeah. Yeah, very much. Because when I did my research, it sounded like you were in a really rough part of town that, that was close to the yeah, Jewish Yeah, it's like a block away. It's like Seriously. it was still inside the Eruv. There were people that weren't, weren't far from me. I grew up right down the like street. Like north of Delancey and south of Delancey. A couple blocks. Right. Literally, a couple blocks. Yeah, I if I, even, I could see a Jewish home from my house right. for sure. Uh, it was just like that. It wasn't that far at all. Did you know Jewish people? No, I didn't. Just a few people. So it's not like you saw an people. example of the way someone's living and you said, oh, I want no, that. No, no, I just knew on Saturday the streets were filled up. I couldn't ride my bike because, right. you know, everybody was walking to shore. But you also knew it was the day to shop because the stores were closed. Right, right, <laughs> I mean, right. the stores were empty, rather. <laughs> 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 That's a good thing. Uh, but no, when I was in the, you know, I would I would ride my back, my bike in the back. The shore was my guy I used to ride my bike. We set up our ramps in that parking lot. They had a big parking lot. It was a Sephardi shoe. The bigger so, home yeah. shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would we would make our ramps there. And, they got, you know, I had I was some connection. That was it. Play right. basketball behind the other one, you know, dribble around. We would set up. So, and I used to walk through the shoe every day to go to, to go to school. To go to school. I had no idea that, you know, I'd be making the same walk I did after my fifth grade graduation. I'd be, you know making the same walk again Unbelievable. as an adult. So it, 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 what percentage of people mm -hmm. who are in your generation, in that neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, growing up in the, you know, in the atmosphere that, that we described earlier, how many of them you, you know, make decisions like this, life-altering decisions that are positive? Mm -hmm. we, we, right. we always think or we're under the impression that they're making mostly negative life-altering decisions and, right. and ending up in really dangerous situations or you right. know, the ultimate dangerous situation. Right. How, how many of them of of your colleagues, you know, make positive changes like that. You know, I I don't I don't have a lot of examples. The guys that were on a positive path and maybe continued on a positive path. I mean, obviously not towards Judaism, but some guys. You know, I have one friend who uh, he had a horrible. I haven't seen him in, in years, but he had a horrible. He was raised by his grandmother. His, his mother was on drugs. Father was on drugs, and I mean. Had the cards been dealt for him in that way and you to look right. at the end of it, it would have been bad. But he was 
straight A student all throughout school, throughout high school, ended up getting a scholarship to UW and went to law school. And then, you know what I mean? What is he doing? I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming that he stayed. And, and but, how so, many, but how many of the people you grew up with are either, are no longer with us or are in really bad situations? Oh, yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of friends at a very young age. Had a lot of friends. And My, you mean who lost their lives? Yeah, who lost their lives, for sure. For sure. A lot of people. I, 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 all, I often think that if, if I didn't have that encounter right then, I'd either be in jail or right. I'd be dead. Be- because it just you're in an environment that's conducive to certain behaviors, and it, it just breeds that. Nisim's in our studio. We're Facebook live right now. If you go to Nahum Siegel Network, Facebook Live right now. This is the conversation that's been long awaited. Uh, and we're glad you're you're here after a couple of delays, including because of the weather. Um, so now you're full time in Israel, essentially. That's, yeah. that's, yes. that's your home base. No better place to be. Yerushalayim, That's the place. Huh? And and what would you say to not necessarily to me, but in general to those who are tuned in who have had this type of existence that you're now enjoying their entire lives? Uh, do, do you sometimes get the impression that that folks like us take it for granted or All don't don't understand what we have? All the time. But the, you, you see, that's there's stages in it. So first, you have that, you have that, you know, like, yeah, come on, what do you mean? Shabbos? What, what do you mean? What, what's the you burden? Com- how could you complain about it? What's the burden? It? No, it was just the, the past, uh, I think last weekend, I was by uh, Rabbi Wallenstein or Nava, so I'm spending time with him. You know, the one, number one thing, Shabbos is so hard. How did you give up this? How did you give up, you know, cheeseburgers and whatever else? And texting on Shabbos. And texting on Shabbos. <laughs> um, thank God I've never been such a big texter, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I, I, I think the thing is for me, at first you're like, Okay, wow, I can't believe that that's like an issue. For me. But then afterwards, you, you realize that I had something very, very special. See, because I was loved into my relationship with Hashem and, and, and the Yiddishkeit, that's the way I received it. So nothing ever came to me with pressure. You understand? Right, you so, drifted into but, it. Yeah, I drifted into it. It was a romantic love relationship between me and Hashem. And whatever he said to do, I was willing to do. When, it, when I first realized that Shabbos... Was Shabbos and you're not allowed to do work on Shabbos. I didn't know what that meant, but I was willing to do anything, so I just stopped doing the dishes. You know, right. it was like whatever I can do right. to to, to, to be, display your right. loyalty to him. And so, because what's what's taught, and and later on you find out what the issue, what's taught and what's pushed in, in most circles is not the love of Hashem and falling in love with it. For me, that was a step and process. I'm gonna tell you, you got to keep Shabbos. Why? Because you got to keep Shabbos. Or, you, you know, <laughs> you, you have to do this. So you need to learn Gemara and just keep steiging and all that. And I have about 15 Bach every Friday night. I do I do a big Suda. Every Friday night I have different Bach. American guys uh, from the Mir, from Merkaz, whatever, wherever they come from. I've had guys from Sinters Yeshiva. Every, every Friday night I have a big Suda for, for Yeshiva Bach. And that's always the thing. It's just that I always ask them, what do you learn? I know what sector in each yeshiva, I know which sector they're learning right now. You know what I mean? Because they have so many different guys. But when it comes down to the panemius, a lot of the guys are just like, ah, yeah, I don't have that. The inner spirituality. Right, the inner spirituality. It's hard for them. Yeah, it's very, very tough. Because it, you know, it, it's, it's supposed to come afterwards when really that's the main point. That's where you start at. And it makes everything else easier. It makes it a whole different world. Nisim is in our studio, Facebook Live right now, Nahum Siegel Network. You are married, correct? Yes, I am married. D- does your wife have a similar background or nothing like yours? <laughs> I guess she grew up in a more, um, her, her family was more religious. Uh-huh. So she, you know, so it was different for me. How did you find her? Just, uh, oh, that's a good story. 
So my wife, I found my wife. She came to me. She literally came to my house. A good friend of mine was dating her older sister. And uh, I think I was maybe in the 10th grade of high school, maybe or something like that. And uh, she came to my house. And he's he's such a close friend that sometimes he would stay over my house even when I wasn't there. Right. You know what I mean? And so he's busy trying to collect whatever money he could or whatever and talk to everybody. And it was just me and her there. So we started talking. And we kept talking. We kept talking. And later on, you know, I went like, you know, I fell out of contact or whatever. And I like called him. I was like, I gotta, I gotta get that girl's number. I gotta. <laughs> and so we started talking even more and more. And then I just started. I started going to church. Now you should know, even though before I was a Christian, I could not go to church. Me and church didn't get along, right? Because it was on Sunday. And football happens on Sunday. Ah. That was a big problem for the me. The NFL is a big religion. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was my first religion back then. I didn't really know it. Okay, Shem, I've been clean from the NFL for a few years now. Say it again? I said I've been clean from the NFL for a few years now. <laughs> can't say that about everybody. Uh, high, high, high blood pressure. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so I ended up start going to the church, and it worked out perfect for me, and I knew she was the one why, because she went to a seven-day Adventist church, ah, which was on Saturday. There you go. So perfect timing. Perfect, perfect timing. I said, oh, man, she's such a jewel. So... After that, whatever we started talking, you know, that was already almost twelve years now. Me and my wife have been together and, uh, and you, high school, and both of you have converted to Judaism. Yeah, we and, did it together, and it happened around what age? You were what age when you converted? When I, when I, when we finished the conversion, we were twenty five, twenty six, I think I was, and uh, it wasn't just me and my wife. Now you have to understand, it was a big story. It was me, my wife. Her sister and my best friend since kindergarten, who's here in the studio, Yosef today. That's Yosef. We all four of us together. We all were my guy the same day. Went to the mix and had a double wedding. So it wasn't just. Uh, it was a journey. <laughs> At that point, you had made, I would assume, relationships with people in the shul, right? Absolutely. They yeah. knew, I we had already were, been in the community maybe for two and a half years. And they and they, and they um, uh, attended your celebration and, oh, yeah, and partied with you and everything? Yeah, we had every every flavor. Jewish music, had, the whole thing? Oh, it was amazing. Do you allow yeah, traditional no. Jewish music in your events? It's got to be rap. <laughs> no, what no, no. It's, you know what? You find it very interesting. I don't listen to rap at all. I haven't listened to rap in a long time. I, in terms especially what's out in the secular world secular music i mean you listen to in years i have no idea i listen to Avram freed i listen to you know shlomo Katz. i'm a big Carl Bach fan. I, you know i listen to traditional i could turn on one two three four whatever and dance around with my kids all day long i listen to i haven't listened to rap in it's a co-op hashim gave me so i'm using it your, your parents were, were were rappers yeah yeah both, my mother. both performing rappers yeah my mother and, and my father we, and we'd say successful yeah yeah well you know back then they started out doing it to play but the success there are museums in seattle they were the very first so uh, it was uh, it was like before some mix a lot that was the big one from seattle well now we have macklemore whatever but right. before you know before See, that, na that name i've heard of <laughs> yeah there's a good friend of mine he used to open up for me actually yeah it's a, it's a good friend and used to be. and when you performed it was under the name it was under the under the name D Black. D Black. That yeah. was your moniker. Yeah, it was my male. As a as a rapper. Yeah. And and the height of your career as a rapper was around what year? It was around 2008, 2009. Right and, when I started to. And you, and you worked as and I I've asked this to Matisio because I have so much trouble sometimes understanding you know the the relationship that listeners have with his music. Mm -hmm. you, you attribute your success, people connected to you mm -hmm. as a successful rapper because of what? What element did you have that that just got you really connected to the audience and and therefore successful? At Probably it? more than anything, authenticity. Authenticity huh. is that because I never was so big at going outside of the box. I was never looking for a way to be 
something so creative and something new. I think the biggest thing was that I always had the ability to sound familiar. You understand what I mean? Yeah, sure. So I, I think that was uh, I think that was more so my 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 connection. That was probably more of my niche. Is that it's familiar. It feels familiar. Sounds familiar. And it's safe. That's the way I am also, too. I also don't try new things at restaurants. I stick with what I know. Hey, you're my, you're my kind of guy. With all reliable. You go with the reliable dishes. Who's got money to waste on something you don't know if you like it or not, right? Very good. So, uh... Nisim is here in studio. Go to Facebook Live, uh, Nahum Single Network, Facebook Live. We'll try to do one of your selections in a minute. Okay. Just want to finish a couple of things. First time you're in Israel is what year? First time I went was 2013. And this is pre or post conversion? This is... Uh, Post. Post conversion. You get to Israel, and what is that first day like? It was just like, I was so jet lagged. <laughs> that when I, even when I got to, I remember when I got to the coattail, I was still looking, I was like, maybe this is a replica of the coattail or something like that. The reason why, it just always looks so big on right. the on the picture. So when you get there for the first time, I was just like, wow, this is like a mini replica of the wall. This is like awesome, you know? And so I was like, no, this is, this is the coattail. This is the real thing. It's the real thing. <laughs> so it was like great. I was walking around. I went with a good friend of mine by the name of Larry Rasek. He's the one that took us uh he's also he was a in, in I say that he went to the same school as you no where'd you get you went to either nyu or you went to no i went to yeshiva university, yeshiva university yeah. he went to anyway so he he took us as a gift after we were my guy he said i want to ah. take your nisim and yosem my brother-in-law on a trip to israel he like stood up and announced it so he took us as a, as a gift and whatever i collected some gigs also while right. i was there and uh and so the next day, we went again to the hotel and to the old city with him. And he's like a tour guide, you know. And everything came alive to us, you know what I mean? We realized, let's, we're there to Israel, and we went to Yad Vashem. It was just like, it was an amazing trip, you know. So, I, it, I always knew that, you know, I'm coming back. I, in fact, there was videotapes. I was like, I'm look at it now, because this is where we're moving, you know. And, and your wife <laughs> knew the future's going to be in Israel. No, she didn't know. She actually fought me a lot. On I just couldn't even bring up Israel. You say is. So she called you out on this one, huh? Problem. Yeah, yeah. It was not going to happen. But she moved. My wife moved sight unseen. She'd never been to Israel before. Uh, so her first time being there was off the Nefesh Ben Nefesh flight. Right. And there's not a day that goes by that my wife doesn't tell me this is the best decision we ever made. Unbelievable. Your oldest child is my, how old? My eldest is eight. Eight years old. I have a four-year-old, and they're both in school. My son goes to school in Meishari. My daughter goes to school to Beis Yaakov in uh, Shari Chesed area. Do they have Chavir. musical talents? That's that very, very displayed. fun. Well, yeah, well, they're always singing and dancing, but you know, at that age, every kid's singing and dancing. We'll see what happens, you know. After Would you have any the... problem with them as they grow up watching your old videos from the Seattle days? That's a very good question. As of now, yes. Um, later on, hopefully they're not interested. Right, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. But, but, That's my hope. But more of the question, because I, I would think, especially someone like yourself with such a broad background at this point, mm -hmm. uh, I would think that you appreciate the spirituality, quote-unquote, that mm -hmm. was involved in your work back then. There was uh, some spirituality. Yeah, sure, there was spirituality. And I wonder if that's something that you would, you know, pass on to your kids to broaden their own horizons, that there's so much to this world that can be spiritual and can connect to, you know, the one above. No, no, this, it's MS, but also to the truth is, is that it takes, uh, it takes a lot of power, you know, in a, in a, in a very, very big, uh, I want to say just neshama, but uh, of, of clarity to be able to pull out the 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 good and the right. tov sometimes from a bowl of raw you understand what i'm saying like the oh, tzaddikim before they were able to pull out certain things from certain nagunim that were maybe not just so 
Today we don't have those calls. You understand what I'm saying? So for me to put that directly, so one thing I always said, I would never put my kids in my exact same situation environment and expect for them to get out the same way that I did. Right. You know, if, uh, I think the the best thing is that you do your best to make sure you start them as far and as advanced as you possibly can, and then you know from there you've done your job. But uh, so I try to keep it. Uh, it's too different. Even today, to be honest, my kids don't even see my videos today. They don't. They hear the music. Even the quote unquote Jewish yeah, videos. Yeah, even my quote unquote Jewish videos. They because they hear the music, but they and, and we let them dance and they love it and different things like that. But we they don't watch too much of anything. <laughs> Understood. Uh, Nisim is here in the studio. It's it's only fair that we do at least uh, one selection that you're <laughs> responsible for. Uh, at some point, based on your bio. Uh, you were really, and you described this already, you drifted away from the whole music industry, it yeah, sounds like. And yeah. at some point, you said you're going to do this in a Jewish arena. Right. Right, a right. few years back. What was the first Jewish selection that you went ahead and recorded? Uh, I think the first one I did was a song called, uh, uh, the first one I decided to do, maybe Ricochet. I had a song called Ricochet years ago. And that was uh, a Jewish-themed uh, Yeah, song. yeah. Well, as as far as... Open Jewish theme. I think the first one that I I went for it was Hashemela. Hashemela. That was the first one I went for it on. The other songs, you know, you still try to hide. Am I so comfortable to to say these things on the record? Because it always been like taboo, you know. God on a rap, you know, <laughs> saying like the Jewish way. Do you not saying that. There are not many God fearing messages in N- rap. No, right? it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I wonder if anybody ever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Not to say who, but he's a singer. Right. He was a reggae. It was something different. Right, understood. But All right, so this is your selection with God Elbaz. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're simply uh, uh, joining with him to proclaim God is king and to tell the entire world right, about it. Right, right, right. That was the goal of this that video. That was the goal of that. God Elbaz and Nisim. Nisim is in studio here at JM in the AM. It has been, uh, so far, an amazing encounter uh, as we converse about his incredible life. Uh, Nisim is based in Yerushalayim, and he has um, uh, he has embraced Orthodox Judaism. That is certainly the way to put it. This is the audio of the video of Hashem Melech with God Elbaz. You're listening to JM in the AM. Hashem Elah, 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 Hashem
rain is green And the night's so clear Like the shine upon your crown Yeah, we're up so high In the midnight sky And we'll never come back down JM in the AM, it's God Elbaz with our special student studio guest, Nisim on that amazing video that has close to two and a half million views. That's pretty good, huh? Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. <laughs> not, bad. not bad. Not bad is right. I, I always y- say, you know, when people say that, it's like, you know, with the new video, also a million years, it, was a, it broke through a million very, very quickly, maybe in a month or so. And people were so excited. And they get more excited than you do about how many views. And it's right. like, you guys are the consumer. You're excited about the... But for me, I always say this, and it's, it's, it's MS. Did we hit a million neshamas? You understand what I'm saying? That's more important. That it's more important to me. Because at the end of the day, were there people that left with something that, that you know what I'm saying, that helped them to either search inside or come closer to Hashem from the... You know what I mean? So it's always, did it hit a million neshamas? You know what I mean? Oh, I hear you. I so, hear you. Listener Rifki says, we love Nisim. Listener Ira wants to know what the hardest thing was for you to change to become a religious Jew. Was there one thing that stood out for you as a difficulty? Uh, the biggest difficulty. Why, 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 why? I can't think about it. Like I mentioned before, I think I think that my love or whatever you could call it, infatuation or whatever it was that I have for Hashem was so strong that anything that I, any new information I came across, I was willing to to subjugate myself to that information. Right. I can't think of a of a moment or anything, one thing that was tough. No, so maybe well, maybe my first day of, of Yom Kippur, and that was probably was like, Yom Kippur. Was Yom Kippur was probably the first was thing. Was that the that first time like, you ever fasted? No, 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 no. You I, had, you had I, fasted before. Oh, before on my way to duty, I was fasting three day, three days in a row, a week, crying for the for Amazon. I was leaving Christianity. I was begging to go. So that wasn't the. So Yom Kippur was difficult because of. I, I think it was the standing in one place, uh, the, you know, almost the whole entire day in shul, in shul and praying. And it was very, very hard for me to keep up. I didn't understand all the all of the the language. That was probably the first thing I was like. This is hard. <laughs> you know, that was the first thing. How long did it take you to read Hebrew? It took me about uh, when I started from, from, from starting to be able to actually sound out words and go through was about 45 minutes of a sit down. Seriously? And literally learning the Olive Ben. I was on fire. I was on uh, I'm telling you I was on fire and uh, from from then being able to you know for for years obviously you're trying to catch up so you sit with a sidor and you're going through all the tefillah one by one struggling through it wow. and trying to to push yourself and so that it, it happened over process but you know you know picking at this so now also too some sephora are harder than others and some are not and then you know it's one thing to read and there's another thing to understand what you're reading. So That's some uh, true. <laughs> some Sephora are, uh, are harder, some are easier. It depends on what it is. Yeah. Listener Yonah says he had that exact same experience with the Kotel, I guess, in terms of the size of the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our listeners asked uh, on Facebook Live if, uh, if you'd ever considered doing what we call a traditional Jewish CD and not necessarily rap. Would you ever consider recording? Maybe. On the, I mean, on the new record. Like Nisim does Kalbach. <laughs> that would be amazing. We'll What's see. your favorite Kalbach selection? You're, favorite? you're on a desert island. You have one Kalbach song to play over and over. <laughs> which would it be? It's a good question. 
He was a hit maker. He was a hit maker. <coughs> um, he always said the secret to his songs was they were so easy for the consumer to sing. Yeah, um, Two-part really? songs that were just easy to sing. Right. Probably S-O-N-I. Oh, you S-O-N-I. chose a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's probably, that's probably my... That'd probably be my, my, my favorite one. You mentioned earlier that that one of our special guests in studio today, Yosef, is your friend since kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And could, he produced a lot of the music also, too. Could you have done this journey alone without the other three people who did it with you? I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think so. You know what? I, 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 I feel like I could have. You'd like to think. Yeah, I'd like to think that I could have, but I don't know, you know? It, 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 I feel very strong. I feel very much. Now you should know that it was me that started the whole thing, obviously, right? Because I was started searching. I mean, right. to some degree, I you started, were the trailblazer. <laughs> I, to some degree, but if it wasn't for Yosef coming to to hit the home run, you know what I'm saying? In a lot of places, Yosef, he's the he's the secret weapon. You understand? He's very quiet. He yeah, he seems, talk to, seems to be very. Uh... But he's 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 really. I needed that push from him. It was a, it was a lot of times that where we were stuck in places. And if if he didn't make that push and do something, then I was just like, ah, I'm ready to grow like that too. You know what I mean? Right. He was always pushing me. I, I, so I, I hate to say, I don't know if it, if if I would have been, especially not certainly in this way, it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have uh, didn't have a strong support system, my wife and, and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. Nisim is here, Facebook Live for the next five minutes as we really are getting grabbed by the clock. I could sit with you for a couple of hours, frankly. I hope you visit us again, frankly. Please. Um, your parents, I assume, are still around, right? My mother died of an overdose when I was 19, so she didn't get to see the transformation. I wish she would have. Uh, my stepfather is still around, and my my biological father, yeah. Have they been supportive, or they're not part of the picture? It's a very good question. My biological father, for sure, he, he was very supportive, in the, especially in the beginning, came to the Hasana after also, too, when we were, after we were Magaya. He was, uh, he was very much, he's always been, and it's funny because, He's a Christian professor, theologian. You, you would think that if there was right. one guy that had the issue, it's a religious guy. You know? right. But no, he's he's been he's he's very supportive and uh, and also too. I talked to my my dad, which it was beginning for him. My stepdad it was very very tough for him in the beginning, obviously because. Of, but I spoke to him when I was here for a concert a few weeks ago. But he he couldn't stop telling me how proud of me he is. You know, wow. and that's something I get even in the guys I grew up with in the streets. You, you know see them once in a while? Yeah, every once in a while. When I was in Seattle, you know, I've only been in Yerushalayim for a year now. Right. So before, I would run into people at the store, and people would have almost tears in their eyes from looking at me and just from talking to me. It's an amazing thing because they have no... <laughs> they have nothing to, to Yiddishkeit. They know nothing about Judaism. So, so, But for them to see somebody make such a transformation... It, like, gives them a little boost of hope. And they tell me all the time, wow, 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 you know. So it's an amazing thing. All of us deal with loss differently. And mm-hmm. and losing your mother when you're 19 must yeah. be, I mean, who could even imagine the devastation? Yeah, she was 37. So. But, but, but the method by which she passed away, right? does that, how do you adjust mm-hmm. to that? How do, you, how do you wrap your head around all of that? Does it stick with you in a way that other methods would not? I, I guess not. That wasn't a. That wasn't the first time this happened. You know right. what I mean. I knew people would die. You knew it was overdose. Saw that. Yeah, for that, for sure. That night, I, I was on the phone with my my wife, who was my my girlfriend at the time. We're dating. I was just out of high school, whatever. Nineteen, yeah. Right. And I told her, I said, one day I feel like I'm gonna go to wake her up, and she's not gonna wake up. And that's that's what happened that morning. She didn't wake up. 
a sister tried to wake up and she didn't wake up. It was pharmaceutical uh, right. drugs. It wasn't uh, not street drugs. Right? Yeah, not street drugs. But you know, now that's become a street drug too. You can right. buy those up. So for her, she had just got out of treatment. It's a very funny thing because she was in a faith-based program, and they would never take her serious. They're very strict with her inside of that program for you know the, the drug drug program because it wasn't a hard drug. And and she came late one day, and they kicked her out. A few weeks later, she passed away from from it. You know, so very very tough. It was very tough for me. Pain I wouldn't have wished on anybody in the world. It was very very tough for me. Unbelievable. And for a lot of people that could turn one away mm-hmm. from belief no. and trust in God, it seems like you only got stronger and stronger as that road continued. Lot stronger. Lot stronger. Lot stronger. We have a minute left. And I know that we've done a lot of these messages already in the last mm-hmm. half hour. Mm-hmm. But what would you say again to the to to all of us who sometimes take all of this for granted and don't understand or realize what we have mm-hmm. uh, in this incredible uh, circle of Orthodox Judaism? That's a very good thing. So I, I would say that the first thing is that to know that nothing's wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Nothing's wrong by it's saying good. it's all no, man, man, it's all good. It's the fact that I feel this way, but. The thing is, don't stop with your question. Take that question to Hashem. Hashem, why does this bother me? Why am I not connected the way it should be? Why am I not? Because the the issue is, is that relationship. And, and Hashem's such, he's such rachamim that he doesn't, it, it's not the fact that the person, oh, I can't keep Shabbos, I can't get, he just wants you to talk to him about it. And once you begin the relationship part, then you'll start to appreciate it. Then you'll start to appreciate it. But that's the icker. So take a step back and take a step back. It's okay to evaluate myself and say, I'm not where I should be. I'm not unconnected. I don't feel like I don't appreciate this so much. That's great. Talk to Hashem about it. <laughs> Tell him also. You're in the United States till when? <laughs> I'm here until after Shabbos. And do you have gigs at all? Or? No, I'm going to be in Muncie. My Rav's coming in town. Rabbi Shalom Arush. So he's coming in town. And my wife wanted me to stay extra day. And so, so you'll be in Muncie. So that the snow. <laughs> That's true. It's good you weren't planning on leaving today. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so you'll be, be a Muncie, Muncie for Shabbos. I'll be a Muncie for Shabbos. And do you do gigs in the U.S. anymore? Yeah, yeah. I just did one. I was here uh, last Shabbos. I was by uh, Ornaba. We did a right. we did a Shabbaton, and then I did a concert. Saturday so if night. somebody would love to have you in their community, how Please, do they reach you? We'd love to come. Just we'd go to your to website come. or what? Yeah. Go to the to the website or Facebook, right. and then zoabbooking dot at gmail dot com. Yeah, and that's it. Huh? That's it. What a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. A real honor to meet you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Nisim in studio. An amazing Thursday morning here at JM in the AM. (laughs) Achenu Israel and Achim Achem. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on our beloved NSN app.